Before we get started with this episode, I have a special message. Today is Alex's birthday, and I wanted to say happy birthday. I am so happy that you're doing the show with me, and you're an amazing friend. You're like a brother to me, honestly, and thank you for being a part of my life. And I'm glad that you exist, and I'm glad that you continue to exist. So, happy birthday. What? <laughs> That's the second week you've had, like, started to this whisper sweet nothing into the microphone. Yeah. Why? I'm feeling a little less frisky today. That's good. That, that's uh, good. It's probably good in, in some ways and then bad in others. I can't seduce the listener anymore. I don't think you need to seduce the... I don't think the listeners want to be seduced. The listeners want to be seduced. I don't... If you want to be seduced... <laughs> nope. I can't. If you want to be seduced, then write in to be more than friends at gmail.com with the subject seduce me. And then write whatever you want. Please, please don't do that. Maybe send pictures of your cat. Don't encourage this. Just send pictures of your cat with like a PlayStation controller. Any of them. Like any PlayStation controller or any cat? Both. Either. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> uh, welcome to Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give you our two cents on everything PlayStation. My name is Alex Wolf, joined here with... I'm Steven. Hello. This, this is... Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I'm all bundled up. It's cold outside. It's not that cold outside today, I feel like. Uh, it was cold yesterday. yesterday. Yesterday was freezing. But like today, I think I took the cold with me. Like I stored it in my spine, and now I just have a constant chill. Does that ever happen to you where you just get like a chill on your spine that you can't get get to go away? Nope. Uh, well, it happened to me. So now I'm wearing of. I'm I'm in your basement wearing a coat and wearing a hat with one of those little poof balls on the top. That's true. Normally it's a little colder down here, but it's just not today. Well, I'm cold. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm I'm taking all of the cold for you. I mean, that's fine. But so I'm I'm off. hogging the cold. I'm also not like I don't get cold super easy. Like, well, because you're already cold blooded. That's true. You're cold cold blooded, cold hearted. I'm a terrible you're, human. You're a demon. That's fine. You are a demon. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I mean that with utmost love. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just have a little bit of a a gripe with you today because I was playing PS5, trying uh-huh. trying to play uh, Persona 4 Dancing. Okay. I don't recommend that game. Uh, and here I am trying to focus on this game, and then I see... In the actually, I need a, a direct quote. Where is it? <laughs> um, direct quote. So I'm I'm trying to play this music game, which requires a lot of attention. A lot and of then attention, he says. In the corner of the screen, I see Alex's little face pop up, and right next to it, it says, "Little bitch boy." <laughs> Classic. And I was like distracted, failed the song first of all. <laughs> But I just look over at Alex and I'm I'm just upset and like I I I just don't know what to do because uh, like what do you say to that? So then my phone vibrates 
And then I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm getting a message. And then I look at my phone, and it's the PlayStation app reiterating. <laughs> Just reiterating that Alex called me a little bitch boy. So then I look at him again, as disappointed as I can look. And he just keeps doing this. He keeps sending these messages that show up on the screen. And then I forget that I also get a notification on my phone. So like a minute later, I then look at my phone because it vibrates. And then it says something else. Um, He said that I (laughs) would. He he called me Pajama Sam, uh, which I think is is a, a, a raging compliment. It's oh, yeah. like Pajama being Sam called Pajama Sam. That's amazing. pretty awesome. Followed by <laughs> a separate message that said, Pajama Sam's asshole. <laughs> and I was I was upset about that. <laughs> um, and then he goes on to say, could you imagine <laughs> how blue <laughs> Pajama Sam's asshole is? And then he sends another message that says, talk about a deep blue sea. I mean, he's a blue boy. He's a little blue boy. I'm a blue boy because now I'm upset because I'm just thinking about Pajama Sam's asshole. Well, that's weird. You shouldn't be thinking about that. You're the one. You had to have thought of that if you I were didn't calling think me about his it. asshole. I didn't think about it. I just asked the question, like, could you imagine? And clearly, you can't imagine Pajama Sam's asshole. You you sent the descriptive message of a deep blue sea. I mean, probably, probably like a deep blue sea. I'm just throwing out suggestions. I'm not, like, visualizing it by any means. Clearly, though. I imagine, actually, that it's not blue. I don't want to get any further than that. <laughs> like, that's, that's, no, nope. <laughs> okay, so we're not, we're not going to dive any deeper into Pajama Sam's asshole. No, by no means are we. <laughs> because this is a PlayStation podcast, and we talk about PlayStation things. It's true. And Pajama Sam is not, is not. I don't think he's on PlayStation at all. They had that Wii game. They had the Wii bundle, which just bundled, I think, like the originals of one shame. day. We should get Pajama Sam on, on Vita. I think that's where he belongs. On a dead console? It's not dead. It is dead. It's barely breathing. It's attached to a ventilator. And it's you want to bring him to that. in a hospital. Yeah, I want Pajama Sam. <laughs> he's. I think he's fine where he's at on iOS and other mobile devices and things of that nature. I don't think he needs to. All right. Unless, unless they bring like a brand new one. Like if they bring a brand new like point and click to the PlayStation or really cool. anything. Pajama Sam with haptic feedback. <laughs> On the PS5. That'd be the biggest waste. <laughs> the biggest waste of a, of a controller battery life. <laughs> uh, I want to see like a like a gritty reboot of Pajama Sam as an adult, like killing people. <laughs> Would that just, just be serious, Sam? Uh, but blue? I guess. Or like Nightgown Sam instead of Pajama Nightgown Sam? Is that at all? Or like adult onesie Sam? I was going to say, like, nightgowns are typically like. I mean, unless... Or robe. Robed Sam. Robe. Well, is he classy? Like, I mean, let's uh, think about that. Is, is he someone that would, would be wearing a robe? And if so, like, what is the level of quality of this robe? Is it like one of those little cotton robes you get at, like, Bed Bath & Beyond? Or are we talking, like, velour with some silk linings? I really... It, you know? I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn. Because I feel like, depending on, like, what happens in his life, mm-hmm. as, you know, as he grows into adulthood, that'll determine whether he becomes more of... Like a fancy ass, like Batman type character or a Joker okay. type character. Or, I, I can see him as a Joker type character too. I mean, oh, certainly this kid's fucked up. He's been he's fighting darkness since like he fighting was five. Darkness, 
going up in the clouds, figuring out what weather is, and then he finds a bunch of vegetables. What's up with that? Yeah, and cheese and crackers? Like, he's fucked. That <laughs> kid is fucked up. <laughs> Havarti. Uh, did you say Havarte? <laughs> I just said Havarte. <laughs> it's Havarti. You're talking about a Havarti cheese? Yeah, but I just remember he had, the, like, he had this voice, and he was like, Havarte. <laughs> he reminds me of Kartos from Ukulele. No, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I mean, I know what ukulele is. I don't know. God of War reference, but he's a cart, like a mine cart. Cartos, oh, okay. But the the cart, the mine cart in Pajama Sam is, you know, related. Hmm. So okay. other than Pajama Sam and uh, playing the game of calling me names while I play Persona 4 dancing, trying to get the timeless platinum. thing. If you ever see Steven online, just send him a message. Like, it can be random. It, But, like, it's either going to be random to make him laugh or, like, if it's insulting... It'll also make him laugh in some instance, but also like he gets this like sad puppy dog face, and seeing it in person, it is mm. Mm -mm -mm. priceless. This is why you are a cold-hearted, yep, reptilian, yep, entity. Mm -hmm. I can't even call you a creature; that would be too humanizing. Wouldn't You're that... like an entity, <laughs> but a I'm reptilian entity. Yeah, Wait, that well, because be reptilian like. I'm referring to like the more like alien kind of reptilian, still not like a creature. Though you need to shut your whole mouth. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like you're saying, it's not a creature but an entity. But then you, right, you are an entity, entity, an entity like demon. I don't know what just happened. Who's? I don't either. I'm having a stroke right now. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're trying to describe. <laughs> Fuck you. That's what I'm trying to describe. <laughs> What have you been playing? I, you know, um, this week's been a little light, so I went back to work and everything. I'm off my vacation, unfortunately. So I didn't touch the PS5 much this week. Um, played, Rachel and I finished up Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Um, so we're kind of doing a bit of cleanup now, as much as side missions and whatnot, but we beat the main story. One of the one million things. God. There, there's a one million missions. There's a, a lot of missions. And like when we beat the game... Like, just, it, whenever you complete a mission and it unlocks more side missions, you just see them pop up on that, like, boom, 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 boom. And, like, when we beat the game, it was really, boom, 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 boom. Like, it was a shit ton. I'm like, Jesus oh, Christ, no. I thought we were done. <laughs> so, we're doing more of that. Um, but I did recently come to the decision, because I've been waking up at, like, 5, 6 in the morning anyway. Like, what do I do at that time? So, I work out, I make breakfast, I sit in the other... I believe I will now go back and play Spider-Man Miles Morales on the PlayStation 4. Mm. Uh, for those who aren't aware, I platinumed and beat it. Yeah, I platinumed and beat it on the PlayStation 5, but obviously my PS5 save transfer will not carry over to the PS4 version. So I'd be starting from scratch, but get another platinum on the PS4 and give me a reason to go back into some old Spider-Man. There you go. So, and it's not too long, so yeah, it's, it's not too like really long at all. You can do. It's pretty simple. I mean, I collect all the collectibles, beat the story, do a new game plus run through, and yeah, I'm there. All right, so sounds doing good. That. What you uh, what you been playing? Well, I mean, you know, Persona Four Dancing. Yeah, trying to platinum that. I'm learning that I don't like this game. You said that last week, though. I know. I'm learning more that I don't like this game more. I dis, I have a growing dislike for this game. Is it so? What what has changed? Because I, I can't imagine the gameplay took a big. Well, I was. Point. Uh, so at first I thought the game was just the story was boring and I thought that the the gameplay was kind of boring too so I bumped up the difficulty mm -hmm. and that helped for like two seconds and then uh like it's just I think the songs are like they're just boring for a music game 
Oh, for sure. Like, it, I feel like it doesn't work. So far, there's one song that I actually enjoy playing. And that, that's not surprising, because, one, a lot of the Persona dancing games just take various remixes of the five songs in the actual games. So you hear the same song, just different variations, and yeah, then they repeat it. I feel like levels. there are fewer remixes in Persona 4 dancing. True. Whereas there were more, like, danceable remixes in the other ones. And by more, I mean, like, two more. Uh, I I still feel like they're Could not that be the best to, music game. That's true. I wonder if that's due to age, since 4 was the first to be a dancing game, and Persona 5 and Persona 3 dancing came out, what, two, three years afterwards? So, because I think 4 were, like, yeah. testing ground. Like, let's see how it goes. And I think it was successful enough to where they're like, all right, we we can do something with this. And then they made it better in 3 and 5. I don't so, know. I, I don't mean, know. I, I wouldn't say much better by any means, but slightly. Well, here's what's bizarre. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, clearly I'm not getting it. Like, clearly there's something that I'm missing. Because, I mean, obviously these games are made for Persona fans. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Persona fan, but I love music games. So I was like, okay, this is going to carry me through. I love the art style. I like music. Uh, so I was like, okay, I can probably get into this. And I, I mean, to be fair, I have been playing it. So I don't hate it enough to not play it. Uh, True. But I don't know. They, they're reviewing, or they have reviewed pretty well. I think they're like sevens and eights on Metacritic, basically. Typically, the, the, the newer ones uh, do, which is surprising. And, I mean, Persona base. 4 Dancing, I think, got pretty good reviews. Like, it was, it was pretty well received, I think. I think it was mixed to positive, I think. Uh, I didn't look too much into it. I know that the newer ones surprisingly reviewed. It's it's different, so I think it's flipped. So critically, three let's see. Persona imp- Four Dancing on Metacritic has a seventy six percent. Right, so seventy six out of a hundred. So let's look at Persona Five or Persona Three, either one. They release at the same time and have a similar structure. They're Persona just- Five Dancing on Metacritic has a seventy two. Huh. And Persona Three Dancing has. Oh nope! I don't want to buy it. Persona 3 Dancing has a 73. So what is the user score for Persona 4 Dancing? They're all at like 5. Persona 4 was as well? Yeah, for all of okay. them. They're like dancing the line between 5 and 6. Yes. So, so like five I, I found that interesting because I remember when it, when, this is early, so you know, you think it's been about a year since the Persona 3 and 5 launches came out. Critically, Persona 5 and 3 Dancing were doing better than Persona 4 did. But fans, like Persona fans that bought the game, preferred 4. It was flip-flopped. They preferred, mm. they preferred the 4 over 3 and 5 because they felt 4 was more, I guess, not, not felt, was more substantial than 3 and 5 because it wasn't like this throwaway kind of story. It, you know, was a follow-up in a sense. It was still a follow-up in the Persona 4 universe, not just this thing like, oh, hey, this little side note, this happened. Like, no, this was a true continuation of what happened after 4. The thing is, though, I feel like it's... Like, yeah, it's a continuation. There's more to it. But you could live without it. But here's the thing, though. I think it's bad. Like, I think the story is bad. Oh, for sure. I I gave it a good old college try for a few hours, and I was like, I can't. Oh, I I don't doubt it by any means. You were were there. I finished the story upstairs, and it was like, we were laughing. Well, we were (laughs) laughing, but also, I did the most I've seen of it. I only saw the last 20 minutes, and half the dialogue was skipped. Well, so yeah, but any dialogue that's there was just all I heard was random. cringy with like '80s porno sounds in the background. Well, and, yeah, but that's anime. I don't know. I don't think all anime is not bad. all anime. I think it's but just, like the stereotype. This one is particularly cringy. And okay, well, maybe maybe I'll save this for another conversation. But uh, 
let's just say I was not happy with how they represented the one openly, uh, like obviously homosexual character, uh, was just a, a caricature and a stereotype, and oh my god, pissed me off. I had no choice but to laugh because it was so awful. So. Knowing there is actually a gay character like on the main roster of Persona Four, I think that'll. But is it like a thousand percent canon? What that he's gay? Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, what's his name? I think it's Kanji. Kanji Persona. 4. Like his entire storyline, it's in the main like Persona Four Golden. Like as you help him with his stuff, that is a like. His whole background is he's struggling with his sexuality. Kanji's sexual orientation was left ambiguous to all players. Yeah. It, it's it, He's essentially, they don't come out and say he's one way or the other, but like it's heavily hinted he's definitely going through the motions of kind of figuring out what his sexuality is. Like the whole way through. Granted, I haven't finished Persona 4, but like the last big thing I did was rescue Kanji. Hmm. Well, I mean, so either I, way. So no. I think, not necessarily, I don't know if that character that you're referring to is... There was also... Uh, so in the, the quick Google search that I did where they go on Wikipedia, they also say that there was some backlash because his shadow or whatever is also a gay oh, stereotype. Yes. His shadow was definitely a gay um, stereotype. So, like, I don't know. I feel like that's another thing. Yeah. But, I mean, I know. So here's the thing, though. I feel like it's more permissible with the shadow character because the shadows are supposed to be exaggerated versions of their fears. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just homophobic. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just... Did, I don't know, for the not-shadow version of a character to be also a stereotype, I think that says to me that they're kind of missing the nuance. Yeah, well, and, so I think but, in this instance, there's a few things to kind of go off of. One, while by no means is it, is it acceptable, even by those standards, it wasn't, you know, that, I believe, Persona 4 dancing, it's about a seven-year-old game. Times have changed. What passed then does not by any means pass now. Um... And then also the aspect of, like, what is he a stereotype of? Because, one, this character also has not come out and clearly said, I'm gay. It is, we imply it because of stereotypes, but also is the stereotype based off of gay? Or is it based off of he's a dance instructor and they're always extremely flamboyant? So, I I don't know. But. (laughs) It's just... I can see where the it, frustration. I can understand it. It, it made me a little frustrated. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, it, not that, again, I'm still playing the game. So right. it's not like I am so put off. And I'm still, like, I think Atlas uh, makes, or, or, you know, the team behind these games, I think they make good games. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not put off enough to be like, oh, well, boycott everything. And I'm not going to play this and delete it from my PlayStation. I'm not going to do that. But. It's just a little bit disheartening, I guess. Um, but not enough to change my actions, so what does that say? Fair. Mm. But anyways, uh, maybe we'll dive into the topics like that a little bit more in the near future. But for now, we have a nice, good, little, small handful of news. That's true. Uh, so would you like to start off with the first bullet, or do you want me to... Certainly, I can go ahead and kick things off. Right. So, through the week... There was a Naughty Dog blog post on their website um, where it was announced that Neil Druckmann, uh, former vice president of Naughty Dog and creative director on The Last of Us Part Two, and as well as Uncharted 4. Uh, and writer. 
I think he was the lead writer, wasn't he, for Last of Us Part Two? Probably. I would imagine so. But uh, he has now been promoted to co-president of Naughty Dog. Um, so, I mean, other than that, a couple of other people that were also in some other lower positions were then promoted to vice president. Um, but, I mean, Neil Druckmann has kind of been the face of Naughty Dog since Amy Hennig left. So, I mean, the last decade or so with blockbusters from that studio, he's kind of led the charge. With some controversy. That, that's uh, true. From, <laughs> yeah. from fans and uh, from... You know, there's some murmurings of things internal as well. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of him kind of like pushing Amy out uh, was something that was floating around around Uncharted 4 mm-hmm. uh, during its development. Things like that. But I don't know. How, how do you feel about, about him being co-president? Eh, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. So mm-hmm. one, I don't necessarily... I think honestly all they really did at this point where, again, he's been the face of the company for since The Last of Us Part 1. So I think... It, what they've done now is just kind of put him in a position where he, as the face of the company, has more control over certain things as to what to do with the overall games. So, because just because he was, you know, he took a lead position on Uncharted 4, but he was not the lead position on Uncharted Lost Legacy. Mm-hmm. So, this will now give him more oversight into those things um, in that fashion. Similar to how Corey Barlog, he is creative director at Sony and Santa Monica. He is by no means the head of Sony Santa Monica. Yeah. But at the same time, people would assume so. So I think they just kind of put Neil where they're like, hey, this is where people see you. You've been doing a good enough job. You've excelled with you know the last three games you've put out. Let's put you in a position you deserve to be in because the, you've, been doing, you've been doing the job this entire time. Now let's just put the name behind it. Yeah. So I, I think it's that. I agree with the idea that he's kind of become the figurehead of mm-hmm. Naughty Dog. Uh, and sometimes a scapegoat for yeah, not exactly. as well, um, or at least for uh, for gamers who dislike some of his creative choices. But, um, but yeah, I I don't think this is going to change Naughty Dog. No, it's I don't think this is some kind of like earth shattering thing that's like, going to make Naughty Dog a, a vastly different company. I think it's going to be business as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I think. Um, as he's gotten a little bit more creative control, I think Naughty Dog has been more successful, like objectively. Uh, I think they've made more money, they've gotten even better um, reception for their games. Uh, so I think that there's something that he's doing right. I'm, I get, so. I can see the viewpoint on that. My thing being, so as someone who wasn't a huge fan of Last of Us Part One, mm-hmm. um, and out of all the Uncharted games I've played, I think the only one, yeah, the only one I didn't play was um, Golden Abyss on the Vita. My favorite Uncharted has, my favorite like Uncharted Four is my least favorite, out of all four, out of the four mainline ones. Yeah, my absolute least. Same here, personally. So but I, I'm, I I'm just speaking like financially successful. Oh, and, and, and I think that, critically successful. But I think when it comes to critic, um, critics and financials, though, I think that comes a big part of the name it's carried. Like mm-hmm. I, no matter who is in that position, I expect Naughty Dog, with like they're never gonna want to go backwards you know like i feel like every year they're going to increase and increase and increase naughty dog is now a i would say especially from the ps3 to ps4 era that was a transition for them to be a household name with games like uncharted with games like last of us so i think they build upon the success each time so i won't say that i won't say like oh under neil's direction they've increased i think neil has been a benefactor of their success i think 
Neil could have been there the whole time, right? But say if Naughty Dog's putting out shit games, but Neil's doing a good job, or at least not making enough money. Like the Uncharted name, like when you so when Last of Us was pitched and you saw ads for it from the creators of Uncharted. Yeah. So and then same thing with Uncharted with Jack and Daxter from the creators of Jack and Daxter. You got Uncharted, so I think they're like, hey. Here's this new thing. You know these people. You know how That's they do things. That's a fair point. Like, so, it could have been anyone, really. And exactly. It would have I'm not saying fine. Neil's doing a bad job by any means, but it could be. A, it could have been anyone in that position. Like, Amy Hennig. It could have been... And now she's no longer with Naughty Dog, right? She's a great person, but she hasn't put out a fucking game in who knows how long. So... Because all of her projects keep getting taken from her. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, just I mean, flat out can't want to talk about someone who's been shat on by the industry. Yeah. God. <laughs> I, I really... If I... If I had the the financial ability, the um, the power in the industry, if I were making a thing, mm-hmm. I would want Amy Hennig on that team. Oh, by all means, I, I would, would want her to be a writer, and I would want Jessica Curry to be the composer. That go. would be my dream team for like as far as creative direction and like the feel of a thing. I want Amy to write, Jessica to compose. She's the composer of um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture yep. and Dear Esther. Yes, that's Esther. such a weird thing to say. Esther. Esther. Uh, but, yeah, just phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal work from them, and I wish that they were uh, still as active in the industry, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Amy, Amy's still out there, so I don't know if you follow the Retro Replay uh, channel. That was started by Nolan North and Troy Baker a while back. I have not. So they did a, a YouTube channel where they were just kind of playing old retro games and replaying them. Mm-hmm. Both of them notoriously bad at video games. But as everyone's always said, like they always do voiceovers for essentially yeah. the same game. Um, so they, for a while, and then Troy left and he's doing his own thing with Play, Watch, Listen, and now it's really just Nolan there. But Nolan's done like uh, playthroughs of past Uncharted games. Um, and in those playthroughs, he's had um, Amy Hennig uh, the voice actors for Sully and Elena and himself playing through. So she's been present, and that's like within the last six months. She's been present and kind of talking about things. Yeah, so well, it sucks that that's like probably the biggest headline she's had in, yeah, you know, that's the thing. No knock to them by any means, but like for someone, I imagine she wants to get more into actually writing and producing games again. So, mm-hmm. but good luck to Naughty Dog. I think Neil will do fine. He's done fine in the last few years. So, yeah, I am excited for Naughty Dog's future. Because mm-hmm. I, I continue to be impressed by them and what they do. Yeah, you keep looking at my poof, huh? I saw you looking at my poof. Oh, because it keeps like bouncing around. <laughs> yeah, because so. I shake my head. Uh, just a reminder: I am wearing a winter hat that has a, a poof on it. So every time that I speak, I shake my head, and then the little poof wiggles, and then I see Alex's eyes go up to the poof. It's a tension drop. Yeah. Any hooser. <laughs> Next point, Stephen. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is. I think this is interesting. Uh, I am personally excited about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's leaked internal data from PlayStation, and uh, or from Sony, rather, uh, suggesting that people prefer single-player games. Mm-hmm. And I want to pull up the... That is not it. I want to pull up the article because uh, there's something that I wanted to mention that I think is, is fascinating about this. Um, but if you want to go into detail about that while I pull this up. Yeah, so this comes from um, enemy.com. 
um, enemy. Ah, okay. Now that I get how to say it out loud, I kept reading it. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> enemy. Uh, enemy.com. So this was according into a leaked, or not leaked, but distributed doc from Sony in 2019 and was covered um, in a Vice article uh, that according to those data analytics that single player, um, more players on PlayStation were playing offline. So single player games were seeing a big push. Um, there were some caveats in there as well. With the single player games, like a lot of people didn't want, unless they had two yes. plus hours to play. Yeah, I've got I've got that list here. Yeah, um, this is what I am kind of excited about personally, because uh, I think that we can read into this data a little bit. Um, so, uh, so they realize that people prefer single player games; they spend more time playing these games. However, uh, there are some deterrents for people enjoying the single player games, and that is uh, not knowing how long they need to play the game. So they'll avoid playing a video game unless they know that they have two or more hours mm-hmm. to kind of dedicate to it. Uh, also, uh, the fact that it kind of takes a long time to scan through uh, walkthrough videos if they're stuck in the game. So uh, kind of having that resistance for if somebody's stuck, I guess. Um, this one I thought was interesting. Uh, having difficulty engaging socially uh while risking or having difficulty figuring out how to engage socially without risking spoilers for a game. Uh Uh-huh. Which I know that's something that I've struggled with because you still haven't played like two games that I really fucking want to talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima, and I can't talk to you about it because you need to fucking play them, Alex. (laughs) I got shit to do, all right? (laughs) I understand, but instead you're replaying Miles Morales again for the third time. Interesting enough... (laughs) think about that though that is a short you know 10 hour game i can platinum right i don't yeah. necessarily need any direction much as a caveat to that that article states no one wants to do that unless they have two plus hours to dedicate yeah to that exactly time. that's that's a fair point yeah that so is that's a very that fair is point. A, an exact but with that being said that. i think there are fewer conversations about uh the story in Miles Morales than there are regarding Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima. That is true, but I'm also not like playing these games necessarily just to have the conversations. I'm playing them on my interest level. That's true. That's very true. But we have a podcast where we give our two cents on all things PlayStation, and then I'll give my two cents on everything I have two cents on, mm-hmm. and then I'll give it like I, I mean I follow what's going on with Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima, so I can give you know when it comes to the behind the scenes talks and conversations I can do. Yeah, when it comes I want to I want your two cents on certain things that I can't talk about. And I get that. But anyways, so that's that's one of the things. And then also um, when people play a game, kind of forgetting what they were doing mm-hmm. uh, whenever they go back to play it and not knowing where they left off. Yep. Uh, which that's a problem that I've run into myself. It's, it's, it's reasons why I can't play games like Skyrim, Fallout, Witcher. I, I can't because if is, I stop playing, I'm not going to – I'll start the whole game over. I won't care. Like I won't do it because I'm just going to get frustrated and that entire experience of that game, my memory will be, I got lost, I got frustrated, I screwed myself because I tried playing, and then it saved, and I'm like, well, I should have started it over because I don't know what my controls are, I don't know what my objectives is. And yeah. if I do see the objective, I don't know what it means. And like, it kind of fucks with the pacing, too. Because uh-huh. like, it's hard to be emotionally invested in something if you're like, I don't remember who this character is. <laughs> yeah, like so like this article <laughs> so. is exactly why I don't like game hopping from one to another. Because mm-hmm. I play primarily single-player single player single player story driven games with a with an increased focused uh, narrative mm-hmm. so if i'm hopping from one game to another just that and the other that impact 
my engagement level on that game, even if I'm, I play that game for two hours and don't play again for a week, my engagement level is less because I'm like, oh, well, let me go play this other thing real quick because my mind's on that now. Yeah. So I, to get, for me, at least my definition of full value of the game, it's the only thing I want to play. When I want to engross myself in a video game, it, I want it to be the game I'm still currently engaged mm-hmm. in. So Well, so this information... Uh, I think it's interesting and um, it makes me excited because I feel like this, because this is internal data that they collected and um, yes, it was leaked, but this is something that they're kind of holding close to them. uh, I think there's reason to believe, obviously, that this is information that Sony finds valuable. And so this is information that they're going to use to determine, you know, some of the moves that they make in the future. And uh, I think looking at this, it explains some of the decisions that they've made uh, that we are kind of starting to see now. And the reason why I say that is these four points, specifically three of them, directly correlate to features that we see on the PlayStation 5. Yeah, and and it's stated in the article too, like the activities page is the biggest thing. And I think that's amazing. Like not knowing how long it'll take to play Mm -hmm. on the PlayStation 5, like it'll say, hey, would you like to jump right into chapter three or level three of Mm -hmm. Sackboy? It'll take you about 10 or 15 minutes. Boom, right there. I love that. Um, Not knowing uh, or not having time to scan through a help video. Now they have the little help videos built into the game uh, or built into the system and you can opt into to viewing them mm-hmm. and they'll just show you where to find a collectible or you know however the developer decides to use that that is also cool and it intuitively knowing where you are in the game so knowing like kind of pushing the things that are most relevant to you mm-hmm. um, how to engage socially without risk of spoilers we were talking about about this on one of our episodes how you can go into the settings and you can directly block content that um, may contain spoilers. And you can do that based on uh, whether developers label something as containing spoilers, or you can just block any content that shows something that you haven't seen yet in a game. Yep. So uh, I think that is fascinating, and I think it kind of shows how um, PlayStation is kind of viewing their, like how they're going to structure these experiences in the future, because the data was telling them okay, people prefer single-player games, but these are the issues that they have, and they are actively making design choices to fix that. And this is leaked data from 2019, 2019. so this is relatively recent. Yep. And if over the course of less than a year, uh, because this is implemented in the PS5, so you know they've yeah. made it available on the PS5, um, in over the course of less than a year, they've already implemented features that tackle these specific problems. That's awesome. I think that's a fast turnaround for collecting data, making a decision, implementing it into a user interface. Well, hold on now. So I wonder, this is where the be- it begs the question of, one, so only th- the only reason it's saying 29, because that's when they received, that's when this document was based off of. I guarantee you they looked at trends also, like 2018, 2017, to see like, okay, how is that? So I wouldn't say like, oh, they did it all within a year. I think it that's, was a thought. But that's this, true. To but make sure they weren't wasting their time, they had to keep up with those trends. Like, okay, hey, we, we had this idea in 2016. If single-player engagement changes or anything like that in this way, other, like, we need to make sure. Because the like, last thing you want to do is implement it, and then 2019 comes around. Oh, no one gives a fuck? Well, we just wasted a lot of time and money on this resource that no one cares so about. So that is true on the Sony side. Yes. But um, this documentation was distributed. This is in the article. It specifically says, and I quote, this... Uh, 
uh, documentation distributed by Sony to developers in 2019. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they were probably collecting the data and analyzing it before then, but they distributed it to developers in 2019, and already we're seeing things like the game help for Sackboy. True. And game help for Demon's well, Souls. So there's, and, again, we're looking at, at that point, now you're talking about, because even with Sackboy and Demon Souls, those are both first-party games. Miles Morales didn't have this feature. That is true. So, like, sure, yeah, Sony first-party titles are going to have it because Sony's been working on it for the years. Well, that is a so, first-party game as well. Exactly. Well, it is, but even then, Insomniac just became first-party. That is true. And with, within this year. So, I still I still think this is interesting, though, because that says to me that PlayStation is aware of these, these things, these issues. PlayStation is aware of the preferences that happen to align with my preferences. Same here, yeah. Uh, so... Um, that's exciting to me because this says to me that they are actively trying to solve these problems, mm-hmm. which we already have evidence that that's what they're doing with the new feature set on PS5. Yep. And I no longer worry that PlayStation is going to invest heavily into, not that I specifically was worried about this, but there was a point in time, uh, especially like early PS4 and late PS3, that I was worried that PlayStation was going to go the whole... Um, like online centric, like MOBA or uh, or not MOBA, uh, MMO or you know live service kind of thing. Um, and now I am significantly less worried. And there's more evidence to back the claim that PlayStation is going to remain the kind of the single player focused, high quality cinematic entity so, that it is. I don't. I will, I, in my opinion, I won't say that it's, like, sure, like, PlayStation definitely known for their single-player narrative experiences, hands down. But at the same time, I feel like they're doing their best to make it a happy medium between the two. Because, again, like you said with the PS3, PS4, and hell, and PS4, I'm not even going to say just early, all the way through, they made it a point to be one of the top contenders in online multiplayer. Whether it was fighting games, Street Fighter V was huge. Uh, the fact that that was exclusive and didn't go to anything else, bar none. That's awesome. Uh, games like Fortnite, they capitalized on. Um, yeah, but these are not first-party games. They're not first-party, the but the, th- the idea is not necessarily if it's first-party. Like, sure, but the idea was is that PlayStation was focusing on, like, how do we make... Because, again, if we look at multiplayer games, the idea is multiplayer. How many top-tier multiplayer games out there are exclusive to a certain console? Yeah, but who's trying, though? If you look at Microsoft... Sea of Thieves, Halo. True. Um, they had like more of an emphasis on online uh, features for but pretty much their, all of the But that's because that's been their bread, and butter, their bread and butter since the very beginning. Halo, with Halo 1, originated, and that was like the big uptick. Now, arguably, that was their bread and butter, and they're still trying to make bread, but it's not tasting as good as it used to, if you get what I'm putting down. It's like stale bread now. Jesus Christ. And they just lather butter on it to make it kind of soft. Trick you. But then you cut your mouth because it's just so stale. I won't say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, we but, can we can pull but, out but, the, PlayStation, the like knives games, here. This is a PlayStation. But podcast. games like Paragon, you know, uh, that was a huge MOBA, and people loved it. It, mm-hmm. it eventually got shut down because Epic, you know, they had success with Fortnite. Like no one's playing Paragon anymore. Let's dump all our attention here. Yeah. So I think PlayStation, while yeah, they're not developing or funding a bunch of first party online multiplayer games is because there's no market for it. The third-party developers do a much better job developing multiplayer games. So PlayStation's like, what do we do to become that home? Because they didn't have that with the PS3 by any fucking means. So they charged... But at that time, though, they were trying with they games were. like Mag, 
for example. They were trying. With games like Warhawk and, and failing Starhawk. miserably. Yeah, though. and with with things like shoehorning in multiplayer modes into their, their mm-hmm. first and, party And the first party narrative um, games like Uncharted and yeah. Last of Us. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, even uh, with... Um, so I don't have a specific example because my mind is going <laughs> blank. But still, like that was a thing that they were doing in the PS3 era, and that was something that was kind of scary to me because I, I didn't want them to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. And now knowing this, that makes me happy because it says to me that they understand that that's not their place. They understand, excuse me, that that's not where they excel. And so just kind of creating an environment and creating a platform that allows for third-party multiplayer experiences to thrive mm-hmm. while them focusing on what they're good at. Yep. Uh, that's awesome to me. And I Certainly. think that that shows with pretty much almost all of the PS4's library, you see that and you see it hitting hard. Yep. Like, there's a reason why almost every time that a PlayStation exclusive comes out. Like, I mean, like 90% of the time that a PlayStation exclusive comes out, it is renowned for its story or for its cinematic gameplay. Well, hell, it's look at the nominations for the Game Awards this year. Yeah, for, for, ga- all for of them. Game of the Year, out of all those name- nominations, mm-hmm. I believe PlayStation exclusives make up half of it. Yeah, three of them mm-hmm. I think are PlayStation exclusives. Yep. Yeah, and there's one Nintendo exclusive. There's one uh, kind of timed PC exclusive, and then there's one multi-platform. What's a timed PC exclusive? Hades. Well, even then, that's on. It's not on anything else, is it? It's on Switch. Oh, Hades t- t- took off like with a shitstorm when it launched on Switch okay. two months ago. Okay, so yeah, so then two, as far as console exclusives, that's still a timed exclusive though. Same thing with Final Fantasy though. So, okay, the way that it currently is: mm-hmm. two Nintendo, three PlayStation, and one multi-platform. Well, I, I would say multi. I would say one Nintendo because Hades is going to be coming to Xbox One. Yeah, but and that's what I'm saying. But that's why I'm like same thing with Final yeah. Fantasy remake though coming to Xbox. That's gonna happen in the future, right? But as of right now, that's how, either way. Um, I don't even. Know. I think honestly, I don't. It is. I don't bank on it coming to Xbox. Personally, I think it'll go to PC. I'm pretty sure that they confirmed that it's coming to Xbox. I think that they said all they've talked about is like it's not. It is not necessary. It's a timed exclusive. I think that was the biggest thing. I don't think they've said since then what exactly it's coming to. I haven't well, seen. It's not that I can remember. But I wouldn't be surprised if it makes its way to PC. I can look that up if you go into the next bullet. Certainly can. All right. All right. So moving right along, we've got um, Jim Ryan claims that reports stating PlayStation is shifting away from Japan is inaccurate. This comes uh, via Edge or comes from Edge mag-, mag. Sorry, this comes from an Edge magazine interview via Games Radar. Um, so I don't know if you guys remember, maybe two three episodes ago, we talked about how PlayStation games seem to be going more into the Western market since moving their headquarters over into California. Um, And it seems like they're very much trying to capitalize on what's going on, uh, like Western audiences. So less JRPGs are being focused on the PlayStation's end and more open world exploration, first person uh, games of that nature. Uh, Um, Hold that thought. Yep. So Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, this is according to comicbook.com but there's several articles this is just the one that's on the top yeah um seems to be a playstation exclusive up to one year after its release so if a version of the game is coming to pc and xbox one it probably wouldn't happen before april 10th 2021 Mm -hmm. and this was as of september 21st 2020 however a lot of articles uh, literally the day after that article went up um there are a ton of articles 
that say that the Xbox One reveal for Final Fantasy VII Remake has reportedly leaked. Um, so, I mean, I while it's not specifically confirmed, I think it's extremely safe to say Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be coming to PC and Xbox One. So another um, reason I don't think so. that necessarily will happen is Final Fantasy XVI is evidenced by that. That has already been confirmed to be coming to PC as well as PlayStation. No talks of Xbox. So I think... And I think that's another one of those timed. It is timed, but so. the timing is not is from PlayStation to PC, not PlayStation to everyone else. It's the same thing with Demon Souls. Demon Souls, yes, PlayStation Five exclusive, but also after a timed window, whatever it may be. Well, they revoked that though. <laughs> so we. I don't think they revoked it. They just took it off the advertising because last thing you want to say is when you're trying to sell a brand new console. Oh, by the way, if you wait a few months, it'll be on the other thing you already have. Well, I think I think the reason why though. Uh, and that's fine. If you want, we can we can make another bet. Winner gets beer, but um, I think it's just a bad business. We've, this is a third party thing. This is a Square Enix thing. I think that they would lose money if they didn't release it on everything. It's Final Fantasy VII remake. I mean, Jesus Christ. Unless PlayStation plays uh, ponies up, that's the thing. I don't think they will because I don't think PlayStation needs to. First of all, but also I don't think that they necessarily have the money. To keep to make enough for Square to not put a Final Fantasy game again on Xbox? to not put a Final Fantasy VII remake game that is extremely expensive and has already been stretched development wise. Like this is a lot of money we're talking about, and this is Final Fantasy VII remake has been in development for how long? So it's been yeah, you're and right. It it's not just one game; it's like several games. True, but you also got to think that for you know, Square to lock that onto a console, I think they would lose money. I don't think they'll lock it onto a console. Like I said, I think it'll go PC. But one, it's been one of the best-selling games of the year. They've marked it down on sale numerous times this year. Like that's not even a joke. I think since launch I've seen that game go on sale almost every month, at least once. And damn near $40 every time. So that's 20 bucks off of a full-priced game for more than half the year it's been available. I think the money's there. I think Square made... A, and then, hell, when it launched, it was hard as hell to fucking find. And that you're, we're talking about a game that had trouble finding its footing in retail stores because it was early COVID, but still broke fucking sales records. I think that that is also further evidence that they're going to release this on everything. Well, see, I, that's where I think, I think if PlayStation ponies up enough money, which I think they definitely have, especially after the sales they had to the PlayStation 5, like... Bar none. I think they totally have enough money. To They're not making the money on PlayStation 5. That's the problem. They're not They're making, making money on software sales. Right. But that's the thing. I think from the success of the PS4, which made them buku dollars, mm-hmm. I think they have that. I don't think it'll, I don't think money will be a place, an issue for PlayStation But for here's the thing, though. If anybody is going to pony up a lot of money for an exclusive game, mm-hmm. it's Microsoft. Because Microsoft, while, yeah, PlayStation, sure, they made a lot of money with PS4, blah, blah, blah. PlayStation does not have at all anywhere close to the amount of money that Microsoft has. And that is why we saw well, recently we're, well, them, we're, like, Microsoft and Sony. I wouldn't say Microsoft and PlayStation. Even still. Oh, for sure. I mean, Microsoft course, definitely has more. Because Xbox, I mean, we could make the same argument, Xbox versus uh, PlayStation, mm-hmm. but Xbox is using Microsoft money True. To, to buy Bethesda. They spent more than twice as much money as Disney did to buy Star Wars. And, I, and so, and that's again my, my next that point. That is astounding. Though. I think that Xbox knows their place. Square and PlayStation have had a long, long history together. So I think, one, that'll be a big thing with their relationship. 
Because again, if that was the case, why? if we know that Final Fantasy 16 is only coming to PlayStation 5 and PC, why why wouldn't they want to, if they think it's going to be a big seller, which it's Square, they know their Final Fantasy games are going to be a big seller, why, why even bother giving it that exclusivity window, not just say, we'll put it on everything? I think they also know that it's coming to Xbox. I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. I are think you willing to? Are you willing to place a bet? We can place a bet. I mean, it's going to be about a year before we see the result on this bet. I know, but, but we'll just we'll have an ongoing list of bets. Sure. I honestly, I don't think Final Fantasy 16 will come to Xbox. I don't. I don't. Wait, 16? And I don't. 16 or 7 remake. I don't think either will go to Xbox. Okay. Because I was talking about 7 remakes. Well, yeah, but even then, like the evidence of 16 um, being a PC and PlayStation exclusive, I think is further evidence that. 7 Remake, sure, that exclusive window will go up, but I think that's for when it goes live on PC either. Okay, so we're making two bets here. Sure. All right, two bets. One, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I say it will come to Xbox One. You say it will not come to Xbox One. Is correct. that correct? Mm-hmm. All right, you're going to shake on it? Sure. We didn't shake on the video game awards. We but did, but eh, we know. Well, we'll go ahead and shake All right, we'll on shake that. on the video okay. game for now. All right, so now, boom. Oh, hold on, what are we betting? Is it just beer? Yeah, let's just do beer. Okay, we're betting beer. All right, so now, other bet. Okay. Final Fantasy 16 uh-huh. uh, will eventually come to Xbox One. This is this is the thing. I'm saying it will. You're saying it won't. Correct. Okay, shake on that. Uh-huh. That's going to be fucking three years. But Yeah, that, god damn, it's going to uh, be a while before we so, see anything about that. We should create like a dot yeah, or something. Yeah, we need a Google dot. <laughs> but at least, at least the Game Awards will be... Right around the corner. You know, around the corner. I, I feel like... Um, you know, by the end of 2021, we should know if Final Fantasy VII is coming to Xbox. So, yeah, I think if we if Final Fantasy VII is coming goes to Xbox, we'll find out summer of next year because it will be depending on how an E3 goes. If there's an E3 next year, there will be at least an Xbox yeah. showcase, and they'll announce it there. But we'll give it we'll give it the cushion of 2021. Yeah, just by, I say by the end of 2021, we'll know. All right. Okay. So back to making the, these big bets. All right. Sorry about that. You're fine. Um, but I I did want to mention that because uh, yeah, not explicitly confirmed, but it's you know it's that. But anyways, so yeah, about the whole Jim Ryan thing claiming uh, that uh, Sony or PlayStation shifting away from Japan is inaccurate. I think that's interesting because uh, he was talking specifically to us. You know that, right? Specifically, dual census because we had an episode where we were talking about yeah, we talked PlayStation, about that. yeah, moving away from Japan, um, and we were talking a little bit about what does that mean for the industry, what does that mean for developers, what does that mean for gamers, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. So Jim Ryan, listen to our podcast. I think because I mean, to be fair, no, no, we got on, that information from reports. No, he got it from us though, and he mm-hmm. heard he was like, hey, this extremely popular PlayStation podcast With mentioned this, listeners. and we need to we need to let people know because if this gets out, then you know that's that's going to be inaccurate information. So Jim Ryan was like, all right, dual senses, you were a little bit wrong, and then here, um, here we are talking now. to two other media outlets. He um, had to communicate to us, he, not just sending us an email. Well, yeah, because you know he can't. It's just a common mistake. Doubt it. You know, because, I mean, be more than friends at gmail.com. It, it does kind of seem a little bit like a lot of other. Uh, I mean, obviously, he just misspelled. And then it just All accidentally of it. went. To- <laughs> All of it. He just had misspelled everything. Had a hand seizure thing. as he was typing. And made its way to Edge Magazine in an, an interview in a magazine, by the way, not an email. Yeah. yeah. So. 
No, <laughs> he uh, fucked up the whole process. It was, huh? The wrong medium. Like he sent them a fucking uh, letter. Jim Ryan, sure. he just shouldn't be in charge of anything. Really. Jesus Christ, he's starting to, <laughs> to lose it. Um, but yeah, so how? So now that he's said this, uh huh. Do you think that he is just trying to calm people down, or do you think no. that this is legit and he's just you know saying it how it is? I think it's legit. It's real. Think about it. The biggest evidence of what the PS5 can do right now at launch is a Japanese developed game. Blue Point. Blue Point, yeah, off of a Japanese game. They remade a Japanese publisher's game. Yeah, but I mean Blue Point's not Japanese. They're not Japanese, no. But they are like Demon Souls is a Japanese ass game. Like it is a Japanese developed video game that was rebuilt from the ground up by a Western studio. You know what else is a Japanese ass game? Ghost of Tsushima. That okay, even even then, but that was developed by Sucker Punch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's that's not... what I'm saying. And Demon Souls, Japanese ass game developed by a Western developer. That's a totally different conversation. I'm just saying. Ghost you're, of, no, you're Ghost saying of, no, Ghost of Tsushima is a brand new IP from Western developer. Demon Souls is a remake of a Japanese developed game. Yeah, but who's getting paid to do it? It's <laughs> not a Japanese developer. I'm sure they're getting paid royalties though from the fucking license. I don't know. I think PlayStation owns that license. Oh, I'm sure, but at the same time, the assets and everything, I sure, I'm sure from software is getting some piece of the pie on this. I don't know. But don't even know, then, like I wasn't there during those those meetings, those, talks, and those but, contracts. But, but I can't imagine that they're just like, no. Like I guarantee you, if we get another Souls game, it's not coming from fucking Blue Point. <laughs> Fair enough, but I don't know if From Software is getting anything from Demon Souls remake. I think there's got to be some kind of royalties there. I mean, he the same. It's the same. I think with that's actually that's an interesting conversation because they can't just remake. Technically, a game, is like, this a new game? Demon Souls? Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, all of the assets are built from the ground up. Okay. And, yeah, they're using some of the original code and stuff, but they're, uh, it's, they're it's still all retouched. There, though. There's copyrights on so much shit and those types of things. Yeah, but it looks so Like, different. it's the same thing. That's like saying that the Sly Cooper remakes, like HD remasters from Zen- Senzaru, are totally different games as to what the PS2 were ones that were developed by Sucker Punch and the PS2. Well, no, but that's different because that's an HD remaster. remaster. Okay. But Demon Souls is a remake. Just okay. like Final Fantasy VII... Is a remake. Remake. Well, Do you that's... think the original team for Final Fantasy VII, all of them are getting royalties for the work that they did on Final Fantasy VII? Well, that's different, too, because it's still developed by the same publisher and developing team. I know, but I'm it talking is. about the individuals, though. Why would Do they get think that they're... royalties if they're still working on the game? I don't think the entire team that worked on Final Fantasy VII is... Uh, but even I'm then, not sure half of them are I mean, dead. yeah, but that's a different... Thing. That's a different kind of conversation, though, because you got to think two different companies, right? Like, we're going from from software developing this game to boom, 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 giving some of the assets to Bluepoint, and Bluepoint rebuilding it from the ground up. I mean, yeah, we're the, talking the nuance the, is different, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you just compare the games, yeah, imagine that they were made by two different people. Mm-hmm. I would argue Final Fantasy VII Remake mm-hmm. is so different from Final Fantasy VII that it wouldn't matter. And, That's true because uh, it's Final almost. Fantasy, or, nah, I'm not uh, spoilers. So yeah, but uh, Demon Souls, I think um, the remaster or the remake, remake. Jesus, all these fucking rewords. Mm-hmm. Um, the Demon Souls remake, I think, is different enough to where that would be fine. I don't think so. I think I think it's like so. Just because it's rebuilt gameplay and graphically different at its core like so again playstation owns the lights the license right so they can throw it wherever the fuck it wants 
they can say, oh, hey, Insomniac, you're going to make this remake. Oh, hey, Sucker Punch, you're going to make this remake. Blue Point, you're going to make this remake. It's still PlayStation like if, at the end of the day. I feel like if PlayStation went to uh, fucking Insomniac and they were like, you're going to make this remake, I feel like Insomniac would be like, no, we don't want to. And then they'd be like, you're right. Yeah, okay. like, I feel like they're, <laughs> I feel like they were bought out as a Sony first-party studio just in title only just to finally fucking just say it. Well, I feel like, <laughs> but they're left to like, you guys do what the fuck you want, you're doing fine. <laughs> that's one thing though that I kind of like about, this is a separate conversation, but I'll, I'll try to make it quick. Uh, this is one thing that I like about a lot of PlayStation's first-party studios. I mm-hmm. feel like they're they're given so much creative freedom. And, Certainly. Uh, especially now. I, I, things got a little weird during some of the PlayStation 3 era. But um, I feel like now they're trusted so much by PlayStation that they're basically like, all right, what do you want to do? Just go ahead and do I it. I think that comes from the new leadership, too, with Herman Holst. Herman Holst is former head of Guerrilla, so Killzone and Horizon. So I think that respect thing comes from he's been there. He knows what it's like to be a developer getting a lot of oversight from a big head like PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So I think he's like, hey, these he he's back. I feel like he is a very supportive backbone of the PlayStation Studios when it comes to like getting flack from up top. He's very much, I feel like he's very much a person that would push back like, hey, no, fuck that. These guys know what they're doing. They produce hits after hit after hit for us for years. Let them do their work. If it becomes a problem, like something is not done, or we see a decline in the quality or anything like that, then we step in. But otherwise, well, see, leave them the fuck Even alone. that is interesting to me because uh, during the development of the new God of War, mm-hmm. uh, the game was fundamentally broken. Literally like a week before the E3 reveal, the mm-hmm. gameplay reveal. Uh, I mean, I guess the reveal because yeah. the first reveal was a gameplay reveal. Uh, but the week before this reveal, <laughs> the game wasn't working. Yeah. It looked like garbage, and Shuhei Yoshida wanted to cancel the project. <laughs> uh, and the fact that they were like, all right, we trust you. Please, for the love of God, don't let us down, but we trust you. And then they made it work. I think that is just, that's remarkable. Yeah. I I think so, at least. No, um, no, it definitely is. Uh, anyway, what yeah. were we talking about? Uh, we was... were talking about Jim Ryan in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we got on several tangents, but that's fine. Yeah, no, I think I think that is like we said. We've seen a lot of the games they showed off in the in the future of Play Showcase mm-hmm. were Japanese developed games. There's no there's nothing arguing that he's not wrong. Also stating that you know the Japanese market was moving towards mobile, and we saw that PlayStation tried to get in with the PlayStation mobile titles, which made mm-hmm. no fucking sense. But they tried because that's where their market was going. Mm-hmm. So. And, he, and he's seen, like, oh, they're going back to consoles. And we see that with a lot of the JRPGs and Japanese-developed games become big hitters, much like Persona. Persona is more popular than it ever has been because mm-hmm. that market's coming back. So I think very much so he was like, you know, I think PlayStation moved their headquarters to the, to the States and to a Western audience because that was the audience sticking with console. Why keep it in an area where they're not playing consoles as much? And okay, most cool. of their developers are... Yeah, a lot of their biggest right their so biggest developers just are for more synergy. Uh huh. Like, let's just make it easier ex- easier accessibility when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, the UK is probably one of the biggest, um, I guess, markets PlayStation has. I would say it's arguably just about as big as uh, Japan is. So yeah, I'm surprised they didn't put their headquarters in the UK. Honestly, before they brought it to the states, well, they shut down all of their UK studios. That's true. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> there's that. But um, rest in peace. Yeah. So I think 
Studio Lou. I think it's totally a thing. I don't think it's just fluff. I don't think he's calming anyone down. That, and I don't think anyone was really paying anyone at- any attention to it. Yeah. I, I don't think there was enough warrant or unrest, like, oh my god, PlayStation's not going to be Japan anymore. Whoa, whoa. I don't think people were freaking out well, to, I think some enough people, for him needing to say, like, oh, hold on. I think some people online, uh, you know, I mean, t- so, just to make it clear, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, playing a little bit of devil's advocate, because some people, you know, when the executives come out and they say a thing, sometimes people are just like, that's just a bunch of wank. They're just saying that because it looks better as a They're trying to save face. Uh, but, but, yeah, I think this is, I think, I, I, I don't think we have anything to worry about. Um, I just think that a lot of the move, as far as like moving their headquarters to the U.S., just has everything to do with most of their first-party development is in the U.S., mm-hmm. and it just makes it a little bit easier to coordinate things. Yep. So I, I think it's just that. I, but, and I think another big piece, also when it comes to the journalistic piece too, so many media outlets uh, that cover video games, at least the top ones, a lot of them are U- U.S.-based, mm-hmm. um, the biggest one being IGN. Um, so you're sure there's IGN uh, Australia, there's IGN UK, but IGN is very much an American company. Um, so I think when it comes to media outlets, when it comes to coverage and getting more press and things of that nature, making it more accessible and for those companies to venture out and go visit PlayStation headquarters to see the new thing they're working on, it makes sense. Well, and a lot of these Western developed games are becoming bestsellers in Japan. Right. So that is also mm-hmm. an interesting thing, where in the past it kind of used to be kind of the opposite right it was very um, much uh, if you wanted their western games in japan just didn't have a market it's why xbox has continually floundered there um and not be able to keep up is because of what they appeal to i think it, it'll be interesting to see where the trends go in the future like it'll be kind of exciting i think to look back you know uh permitting we're still alive uh like 10 or 20 years from now um and <laughs> You never know. I, yeah, I, mean, I guess <laughs> we have we have people threatening martial law. Like this is who knows. But anyways, mm. I think it'll be interesting to see what the video game industry and what like the gamer market looks like and what like the main demographic is uh, ten or twenty years from now. That would yeah. be really fascinating. And mm. you know, hopefully the show is still going on. Then um, I plan on trying to make it that way uh, and. Yeah, maybe we can have like a super future episode looking back. Super future. Super future. That sounds like a PS2 game. Yeah. I can already hear the soundtrack and it's fucking glorious. Would it be Japanese developed or Western developed? Uh, That's the thing. It would be Western developed, but it would have Japanese influenced art style, but there would be like an infusion of punk music. (laughs) Like punk, (laughs) but like drum and bass as well. Very 90s. Oh God. Very 90s. So like new metal, like Linkin Park? Uh, well, like, like Jet Set Radio. Okay, all right. So, like, that kind of, yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe there's, like, hover racing. (laughs) Are we just remaking Jet Set Radio? I want Jet Set Radio (laughs) to be, uh, I want a new Jet Set Radio developed by the people who worked on Wipeout. (laughs) That's what I want. Oh, God. I think that would be astounding. And I want it in VR. (laughs) 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 You have to, like, move your legs. You're asking for so much. (laughs) Uh, anyways, so another little thing, um, Persona 5 Strikers, the video trailer leaked, yep, yep. Um, and it reveals the release date for February 23rd, 2021, in the West. Yep. So this is, um, Persona 5, what was it, Rumble? Scramble. Scramble, there we go. Scrambled yes. eggs. Uh, Persona 5. <laughs> <laughs> Persona 5 Scrambled, scrambled eggs. eggs. 
it's a persona 5 cooking game no nope. um where you it's not it's you know half inspired by cooking mama no nope. uh but but yeah so this is actually interesting because um you are a fan of persona 5 oh my god um, I love persona you have 5. also been playing a lot of those dynasty warrior style games well, i've only played one um but well i mean for when a I say a lot time. of, I mean like a lot of a lot of that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, this is exciting that it's basically confirmed coming to the West, and um, you know this is another thing that you can do to dive into that Persona universe. Are yeah, excited. I, I'm super excited because for one, Persona Five Scramble, I guess Persona Five Strikers now uh, here in the West is. Um, I like Scramble better personally. Yeah, I was I was fine with Scramble. I don't know why they changed it, um, but it came out. A, in February of this year, mm-hmm. so it was announced at the same time Persona Five Royal was, um, so and it just didn't make its way over here. So there's a lot of confusion. Like, oh, is it gonna come? Is it gonna be here? And I think with the commercial success that Persona Five and Persona Five Royal was, they were like, okay, we can totally justify porting it over. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's disappointing. I gotta wait until next February for this to happen because the game at that point is gonna be a year old. Um, so there's definitely going to be some antiquated things in there, I'm sure. I don't think there's going to be quality of life changes between now and then on the game. But what I like about it is that even then, while it never came to the West, Western journalists and reviewers and publishers and things of that nature got copies of the Japanese game and reviewed them still. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, no region lock or anything. And they loved it. Um, positive from the majority of what I saw. Um, and it's not just this throwaway thing. It is definitely a persona worthy story and you get more of so the, is this a retelling or is no this is a, this a sequel it's almost like a damn direct sequel to the game okay so right. it is so this is the persona 5 dancing that we were all <laughs> waiting for well, no we got a persona 5 dancing <laughs> no but the one that we were waiting for no 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 also well, here's the thing so it's weird so persona 4 was the first to really dive into multiple genres of video games to continue the story of mm-hmm. one so there were multiple Persona fighting games, Persona 4 fighting games. There was Persona 4, Persona 4 Golden, which was a retelling of 4 with additional story content. Mm-hmm. Then there's Persona 4 Arena, then Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, and then Persona Dancing. Mm-hmm. So like, we're getting that Persona 4 treatment on Persona 5, but I think, one, it is a more concise... It's not going to be all, all over the place and floundering. I don't think they're going to... Over- Unfortunately, this is the game that won't overstay its fucking welcome. I would love more Persona Four than we got more Persona Four. I would love more Persona Five than we got Persona Four. But it is what it is. But I also think it'll be fine because I could totally see people getting burnt out in Persona Five, even though they're wrong. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll be fun and it'll be a nice little palate cleanser, if you will. Because I'm sure come February I'm gonna need something. It's like whew, I just need a break mentally from whatever I was just playing. Mm-hmm want something simple I can get into because that's a, that's a type of game w- that won't break my engagement on something I'm already playing because of how simplistic it is. With yeah, it and that's, that's how you've been Musa playing that Hyrule Warriors game. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that can that can play that role because yep. it seems like you, you basically do like a, a, a very like involved story-driven game and yep. then you have like one or two kind of more mindless games in the background like right now with Spider-Man and then in the background you're playing... Sackboy and Hyrule Warriors. Exactly. So it's like that same kind of thing. I kind of do the same thing too, but um, I I just haven't been deep diving into a game in a while. It's just a lot of... Well, I took a, I took a good pause on how I was doing that in the summer too because I knew with the PS5 on the horizon, I was like, I don't want to dive into Ghost of Tsushima um, unless there's time. 
and I'm not going to pick up both that and Last of Us Part 2 because... Honestly, I think Ghost of Tsushima has a nice balance where it is very story-driven, but really a lot of it happens in like the last act. Also, I think so I, I held like, off on Ghost of Tsushima for the longest time also because we were moving. I just purchased a house. Oh, that's so right, I was that's like, right. I, don't, I don't have the time to start this game, pack everything up, and this and the other. Ghost of Tsushima was actually supposed to be... My goal for that was to be the first game I played in Platinumed in the house. And I was like, let's do it. Let's well, go. Fuck that up. Yeah, fuck that up royally. But that's because like we didn't get Persona done with things as royally. soon. Yeah, Persona 5 royally just got fucked. Um, so, I don't know. I'll, I may start Ghost of Tsushima here soon. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, especially with the Game Awards, with how many things it's nominated for. I'm like, all right, I've got time. It's got some PS5 upgra- upgrades. All the content's there, so if there's any hiccups or anything, and I would assume most of them fixed if there were any to begin with, which I don't think there were. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Ghost of Tsushima is a lot of fun. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. I was excited when they announced it. I'm really excited for you to play that and Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. Last of Us Part 2, did you see, was, did we talk about this last time? That it's getting adaptive controller? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We okay. That in the last yeah, episode. that makes me more reluctant that makes me a bit happier because that gives me some hope they're not going to just port over some fucking definitive edition mm-hmm. on the PS5. Honestly, the game looks Oh, it so looks fucking gorgeous. I think it looks fine it's, as it is. I just don't want to, if it's one of those instances where I have to pay full price for it again or some like if I if it gets PS5 a PS5 version, I want a fucking free upgrade. Like and that's what I'm terrified of is that that would be a game that they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We had to rebuild this from the ground up. Like, it'll be a Spider-Man remastered situation. Like, oh, no, sorry, you got to pay for this. It's a totally different this, that, and the other. Like, no, fuck that. Like, if Cyberpunk 2077 can do it, so can you. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I don't think you have anything to worry about when yeah. it comes to that, personally. But, yeah. It's been half off a lot, so I've been thinking about picking that up just to get it. Really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. But yeah. All right, I'm tired. I think I'm ready for a nap. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna go I'm home and lie. shower, <laughs> 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 and then I'm gonna sleep. That's what I'm gonna do. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Again, if you were a fan of the show, you can always donate at mtfproductions.com/slash/donate. You can donate as little as a dollar. Again, the stretch goal this month or this time is $50, and I will wear a reindeer costume. And added to that is Steven will wear an Eeyore onesie. Yes. So, yeah. by all <laughs> means, go to the site, donate if you have any questions you'd like us to answer, or if you have, you want to just hear our opinions on certain, on certain things, video game, or really whatever the fuck you want, by all means, email at, is it bemorethanfriends.com? Yeah. Or bemorethanfriends be at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Yeah. Send us an email. One of you can your also questions. Uh, comment on if you just go to mtfproductions.com uh, the link is in the show notes so you don't have to remember all this stuff you can just click it uh, but if you go on the website anything dual senses you can comment on it we'll see it and yeah yeah so like subscribe review and share and send money so that you can see us in these weird animal costumes and we'll take sexy photos we're not gonna take sexy photos rachel's gonna take sexy photos no she's of not us. we're not she's not taking any photos of us except for the pictures of us in the costume no any any photo of us is gonna be a sexy photo i think there's a lot of strong arguments against by that. nature there's a I mean, lot if of there's a photo of me it's gonna be a sexy photo a lot of arguments against that it's gonna be so arousing <laughs>
on that note, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dual Senses. Dual Senses is a product of More Than Friends, and if you'd like to support More Than Friends and this show, please visit mtfproductions.com donate. Have a good one. Love, love, love.